Hi, Family Church Waterside. Welcome to another Sunday Night Local. Um, it's so good to be with you. I'm just looking forward to sharing the Word of God. And yes, it's great to have you here uh, with us. Um, if you're watching this live, don't forget to put some comments uh, in the chat as well. Um, that'd be really, really good. Um, Wendy will be responding to those and putting up scriptures and different things. Um, don't worry about the clock there, it is slightly, <laughs> it's slightly fast. <laughs> It's about one minute past eight, so it's a bit fast, that clock, so um, ignore that. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue to talk about the fruit of the Spirit um, tonight. So I just look forward to um, yeah, sharing the Word of God with you. I believe it's going to speak uh, directly into your hearts. Just before we get into that, I just really encourage you, as I've always done right back since March, just to stay connected with everything that's going on church-wise. Of course, we found ourselves, uh, maybe unexpectedly, um, in lockdown again um, since Thursday. And, um, you know, I'd really, really just, just encourage you uh, more than ever just to stay connected with all the different things that are going on in church, you know, like the Sunday morning Zoom, of course, this on Sunday nights um, at eight, um, different things that are going on like Monday, Pastor Gina's Bible study, Tuesday, uh, Pastor Andy's um, talking church, which are always, both of those are always brilliant. Um, and you can watch them later if you can't watch them live. Um, different connect groups, of course, that are going on throughout the week, men's and ladies connect groups and, and other general connect groups. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's be connecting with everything that's going on, stuff, stuff for youth as well, um, on Zoom, just during this time where we can't uh, do things physically. Um, and obviously our plan um, will be, you know, to get things back to the ground um, in terms of physical meetings um, as soon as, you know, we're allowed to do that. And, you know, from early December, uh, assuming that a lockdown ends, as the government already said. Um, please keep the government in the prayers, causing all the big decisions that they're making. But obviously our plan will be to to um, to restart as soon as as soon as we're um, able, but especially during this just month, um, yeah, just stay connected with everything that's everything that's going on. If you have found yourself in a time of furlough again, which I know is true for some of you, um, you know some of you have been almost furloughed right back since March. But I encourage you to use this month to, you know, if you've got extra time on your hands because you're not working still, or you can put back on furlough again, just to use this time just to get down deep into the Word of God, just to grow your relationship with. Uh, with him to use the time time well and use it wisely but yeah great so yeah let's get let's get into the word of god got a lot to lot to share tonight so let's just pray first thank you god thank you lord thank you god god you are so so good you are so so good lord we thank you for your word lord we thank you that you always want to speak to us lord through your word lord we thank you you always want to change us and challenge us and and convict us and teach us and Lord, all those things, Lord, that the Word of God does, Lord. We thank you for those uh, great truths, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you just speak into our hearts tonight. We all have open hearts, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that Lord, it'll be a message, Lord, that gets down Lord, deep in, into our hearts this evening, Lord God. It, Lord, as that seed that was sown, it gets filled, falls, falls on good soil, as you've talked about. falls on fertile soil and falls on good soil and produces a crop that's 30, 60, 100 times what was sown, Lord. That's what we're believing for. Uh, this evening Lord just do what you want to do in each and every one of our lives in Jesus name amen 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 praise God so we've been looking of course the last seven weeks now maybe eight weeks including the intro week um, we've been looking at on the fruit of the spirit and look at the different aspects aspects of that so we're going to continue that this, this tonight and and the, the final week on the fruit of the spirit next week we've been completing the series so we're looking at some foundational scriptures just to kind of get back into that. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, do not realise that your, temp your body, your temple, <laughs> your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it is your temple, it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that we've been bought at a price. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 
been bought at a price and the Holy Spirit literally now dwells dwells within us now we, we, are, we are not normal and what I mean by that maybe you don't feel normal what I mean by that is that we are spiritual people that we've been spiritually awakened we've been spiritually made alive with Christ the Holy Spirit lives in us and but lives in us for a reason as well not just for the sake of it he lives in us because he wants to change us and grow us and, and, and develop us amen and we're looking at what obviously what the fruit of the spirit is so the spirit wants to uh, as, as he lives in us he wants to grow us he wants to change us he wants to do everything that he needs to do in us the so Galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control so we're looking at those uh, week by week we had a great message from Steve Smith last week thank you Steve on, on faith and God's faithfulness towards us and how he wants to grow um, grow us in faithfulness um, in, in our lives, in our character, in, in our walk with him. So tonight um, we're going to come on to gentleness. It's probably one of the more unusual ones in the sense of how do you expand on gentleness? What does it actually, what, what does it actually mean? How does it actually work in our lives? So that's what we're going to be looking at this evening. Of course, just a reminder again, that these are not nine different fruit. They are one fruit that God decides to grow in us. You can't pick and choose some that you like and some you don't like. God wants to produce all of these. I like different segments of, of one fruit, different segments of an orange, for example. But God wants to grow all these aspects in your life. He wants you to be full of love and full of patience and full of kindness and, and full of faithfulness, uh, you know, full of self-control, etc. Amen. That's, that's God's heart for us. So we're going to look at gentleness tonight. So what does that actually, what does it actually mean? Well, the fruit of the Spirit, and I've underlined this before, but the fruit of the Spirit is very much a description of Jesus, isn't it? Very much a description of who Jesus was, what his nature is, and you know what his character was when he was on the earth. He was always full of love. He was full of joy. He was ultra patient. That's <laughs> some incredible self-control. Um, you know, he was faithful. You know, if you look at all nine, it was a description of who Jesus was. He operated in this fruit of the spirit um, constantly, and was submitted to the spirit. Um, you know, as God outworked that in in, in his ministry and in, in his lifestyle. Um, so it's a, it's a description of Jesus. And, you know, sometimes Jesus is described as gentle. So we're going to look at, look at that. It's always a good place to start. What does it say about, what does it say about Jesus um, in terms of this? What does gentleness actually mean? Matthew 21, verse 5, says this. And this is when the, uh, Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and riding on a donkey. So it's not long before the crucifixion. And, and he comes in as, as a king. But it says this. Say to daughter Zion, so Matthew 21, 5. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So Jesus enters as a king, but he's very much entering as, as a servant king. He is the king and he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. Of course, we, of course we know that. But he was using a humble kind of donkey. You know, he didn't come in a big white, white stallion, which he would have every, had every right to do, uh, just to kind of come in, in, in all his glory. But he came as a, as a servant king. With, with a gentle heart amen matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 where it talks about jesus attitude towards us and how we can you know come to him if we're feeling weary um, and burdened then you know we can come to him and receive from him it says this come to me very well in scripture come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart you will find rest for your souls my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So you can see that Jesus' heart is a heart of empathy, 
our heart of compassion. We've looked at that in previous weeks. When we've looked at um, goodness and, and, and kindness as well. That, that Jesus' empathy and compassion for us as, as believers, it results from his gentle heart. He is gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. When we, when we come to God, then, then we are coming to a gentle God. He's not a, he's not a harsh God. He's not wanting to, to, to beat us. He's not wanting to um, you know, destroy our lives. Um, he's not angry with us. We, we, we talked about that again in the previous weeks. That he's, he's slow to anger and, and rich in love. He's, he's full of, of compassion. You know, we know the story, of course, of the prodigal son. And that was a, Jesus told that story to illustrate the heart of God. Even when we mess up, even when we know we've messed up, and when we come back to God, he's just, he's just waiting, waiting with open arms waiting for us to come back and a heart of and a heart of love you know Jen he was he the, the father in that story wasn't he was very much gentle-hearted uh, towards um towards his son that had returned and his brother who was, was actually quite hard-hearted and it just illustrates different attitudes there but but God is gentle in heart Jesus gentle in heart and gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest and here's here's the servant king he came gentle and riding on a donkey he wasn't taking away from the triumphant uh glory of who Jesus was of course but Jesus was intentionally uh, humbling himself and and just illustrating his his gentle gentle spirit and, and his heart of empathy and compassion towards us amen so that's kind of where, where Jesus isn't and there could be other scriptures we look at on that about the gentleness gentleness of God the gentleness of Jesus but but he is gentle in, in heart towards us and I don't know about you but I'm so so glad uh, of that of his gentle heart, his empathetic heart, his compassionate heart, his heart, his heart of love, his heart is soft uh, towards us. Amen. I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. So let's go on to Galatians in 5:23. So we see that gentleness is a description of Jesus, just like all the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are. The Greek word is often worth looking at. The Greek word, as we've done a number of times, the Greek word there is praeotes. I might have said that right, <laughs> hopefully. Praeotes. And it can be translated in three different ways as gentleness mildness or meekness and it's translated different ways um, in different parts of the new testament matthew 5 verse 5 in what we often class as the beatitudes it's just before jesus starts his or it's at the start of jesus incredible discourse which we often call the sermon jesus didn't label it this way but we often call it the sermon on the mount just matthew 5 6 and 7 just as incredible uh just teaching on what the kingdom of god uh, looks like and how that works in our lives so this is so it starts with what we call the beatitudes in matthew 5 verse 5 it talks about these different things where jesus said if you do this you'll be blessed or we have this character you'll be blessed he said blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth so what does it mean to be meek meek's a word that's not kind of maybe not used that much in our kind of modern uh, english language or sometimes it can be almost seen as kind of weakness you know jesus described it at christmas is often described as jesus so the baby baby meek and mild and it always sounds like a bit a bit weak um and just it and it just the, the full understanding of it just doesn't really uh just kind of come across you know someone's just a bit meek well it's you know in our english language it can mean well it's a bit timid or they're very um insular um you know they're not they're very introverted um you know, they're a bit just kind of meek and mild but that's not the biblical meaning of it meaning of it at all it, it's very powerful so it doesn't mean it doesn't mean weakness well the thing the main aspect i want to look at tonight is that meekness or gentleness or mildness or the different way this could be translated um in most most translations of the bible it's translated as gentleness but it can also be trans it can also be translated or it kind of sums up those three different meanings would be humility 
Gentleness, mildness and meekness can be summed up, I would say, as humility and having a humble heart. Jesus, we read earlier in Matthew 11, come to me, you weary and burdened, for I am gentle and humble in heart. They have interchangeable words. And I think it, it sums up those three words well. Gentleness, mildness and meekness is, is humility. Having a humble heart. He came as a servant king. Again, humility. Amen. So what does it mean to have humility? Well, it's recognising who God is and everything's about God. That everything that's happened in our lives is a result of what God has done in our lives. And everything that we have as, as Christians, which is, is amazing, all that Jesus won, for the won at the cross for us, is all because of his grace. The word grace literally meaning unmerited favour. It wasn't in any way merited. It's all because of Jesus, not because of anything we've done. We've just made the big, de big decision. We've made a great decision, and that great decision was to say, Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. But that's the only part we had to play in it. All the blessings have all become because of Jesus, that divine exchange that we talk about that, that happened uh, at the cross. You know, we, we took the price for our sin and all the other different things that Jesus Jesus dealt with upon the cross. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10 sum up that so well. It was by grace you be saved so that no one should boast. Amen. So humility is recognizing who God is and that everything we have as believers is all because of Jesus. It's not because it's not because of us. It's not because of anything that we've done. It's not because of good works, though we should do good works. We talked about that in a previous week. We're created by and created for. It says that in Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. We're created, we're God's workmanship, we're created by God, and we're created to do good works. But are they saving us? Absolutely not. And and the apostle Paul was very, very clear in that scripture that no one should be boasting about this stuff. No one should be boasting that they're a believer, boasting about what what um, you know they have as a believer, because it's all because of God. It's all because of what He's done. Amen. So we look at humility. Ephesians four verse two. So Paul speaking again later in that same same book of Ephesians. Be completely humble and gentle, bearing. Be patient, bearing with another in love. Does that sound like our world right now? Well, not always. I would say. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with another in love. So that is, that is God's heart for us, to be humble in the way that we live, to be gentle in the way we live, to be patient with others, to bear with each other in love. You know, whether that's other believers, whether it's people out in our worlds, you know, in our, in our families, out in our communities, in our workplaces, uh, wherever that may be. To be humble and gentle is a, is a characteristic of God. And this, uh, again, remember the purpose of the fruit of the Spirit is to make us more like Jesus. We've already looked at Jesus was gentle in heart. It's a description of him. And, and God's desire is to make us more and more like Jesus. Amen. Now, humility, of course, is the opposite of pride. It's the opposite of pride. So that's uh, kind of the angle I want to look at tonight, humility. But, but we'll look at the opposite of that um, so we can see kind of what God wants to deal with in our lives and the character he wants to grow in us. Amen. You know, my observation as a pastor and just as a Christian, just, just observing other people and what God has had to do in my own life. I don't mean I'm judging others. What God has had to do in my own life too. But one thing I've noticed is that pride can be a major problem in the life of a believer. It really can be a serious uh, a serious issue when people become self-righteous uh, and are proudful or think they can do no wrong or think that everyone else is wrong. And sadly, that exists sometimes in, in believers, sometimes. And it's something that God needs to deal with uh, in us because he needs he wants to create a humble heart a gentle heart in us amen in the book of james james is always kind of very um kind of clear and to the point james 3 verse 13 to 14 says this who is wise and understanding among you 
Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So here, here James is challenging us, as he always does, in every, every verse of James is very challenging. He said, um, show it by good life, the wisdom and understanding that God's given us, but, but do our deeds in humility that comes from wisdom. Don't let pride en enter. So deeds done in humility, but then verse 14, he talks about what pride looks like. If you have a bitter envy and selfish ambition, that, 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 that's pride. That's what pride looks like. And, and God wants to deal with pride in our lives for us to have a humble and gentle heart. You know, what pride can often lead to is having kind of almost like pointless arguments, you know, where people can say, well, I, I must be right. You know, this could be an issue in marriage. It could be something an issue with uh, parent and child relationships. Um, it can be just an issue just in our general relationships and friendships in, in workplaces. You know, when, when people think that they are always right and they can never possibly be wrong, that's... Um, that's an example of pride. You know, the reality is we all can be wrong on some things. That's just the reality. Let's, let's be honest about it. But sometimes that, that's, that's what pride does in people. It kind of puffs up and, and, and builds them up to such an extent that they just think that everyone else is wrong and they could only possibly be right. Maybe you know some people like that or maybe that's something that God needs to deal with in your life or has dealt with in your life in, in the past. But it, it definitely, for a believer, it absolutely has to be dealt with. Because pride, pride, you know, we have a well-known thing in society, don't we, that pride comes before a fall. Um, not from the Bible, but it's but it's a great saying. Pride comes to fall and fall, and there's a great truth behind that. Um, and God doesn't want us to fall, and that's why He wants us to deal with any pride. Well, and Timothy talks about this, where people have pointless arguments and just just kind of get obsessed with just being right all the time. It says this: the Lord's servant. This is one, two Timothy two twenty four to twenty five. Timothy writes says, and a Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. So the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. So his, his, his um, you know, some great words here, talking about dealing with pride here. A law servant must not be quarrelsome. Why have pointless arguments? Why get obsessed with well, I must be, I must be right, and and you must be wrong. You know, people who sometimes people can be deliberately trying to create quarrels, can't they? And to create arguments and to create confusion. You know, and, and that's not a good thing in society. But in the life of believer, that's it's 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 not good at all. It's something that God has has to deal with. Amen. And, and God may need to deal with us in in us, and maybe he's, he's dealing with some stuff right now. And God has definitely dealt with some pride uh, in my life. So what does God actually think about pride? Let's just kind of unpack that a bit more. You know, the Bible has a lot to say uh, about pride. Let's look at the book of, book of James. Book of James again, again, very clear and to the point. This is in James 4, uh, verses 4 to 10. It says this, you adulterous people, <laughs> he's always so to the point, isn't he, James? Uh, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity towards God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. We're going to look at a couple more scriptures that kind of talk about that a bit more. Verse 7, so continue James 4, verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. Yeah, that's humility, right? Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Come near to God and he will come near to you. This is basically unpacking what humility looks like. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So you see, it's very clear then that God opposes the proud. And, and if this is pride in our lives, then God absolutely wants to deal with it. But God gives favour to the humble. It says it, it describes, doesn't it, humility, they come near to God, they come near to you, grieve, mourn and wail. Don't mean say means to be going around crying all the time. What it's talking about is but be humble before God. Again, it's back to Ephesians 2, 9 and 10. Understand that everything that we have is all because of God's grace. It's his unmerited favour. Amen. But grieve, mourn and wail are all signs of humility. But when we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. You know, if you want to be lifted up, you know, by God in a life, then and who wouldn't want to be, you know, lifted to, to higher places in God, the key to that is humility. Allow Him to do the lifting. Don't try and don't try and force force the issue, but allow God to to do any lifting or promoting or whatever He wants to do in our lives. But humility is absolutely yeah the key to that. You see this right throughout, um, you know, the time of the disciples, and some of them had issues with pride, didn't they? And Peter had issues with pride, and. He, he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't okay with Jesus washing his feet, and you know, and that kind of there was a pride, pride issue there. And he said he was never going to deny Jesus, and of course he he then did. And Peter would say the first thing that came into, into his head often, uh, which was a thing of pride, would say that Jesus couldn't go to the cross, and Peter wasn't okay with that, as if as if it was all about Peter and what his will was. It was about God's will and what God wanted to do through Jesus. And you know, James, James, and John, two brothers. Um, you know who are fighting over who's going to be the greatest and the disciples have this whole debate amongst themselves about who's going to be the greatest and Jesus makes it very clear that you know that, that the greatest among you must be your servant amen you know and so often Jesus confronts uh, pride in people we see this over and over again um, through Jesus different interactions um, you know with people this is in Luke 8 verses 9 to 14 it says this Luke 8 9 to 14 to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, so in other words, people full of pride. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else full of pride, Jesus told this parable, one of those great parables. Two men went up, went up this is Luke 18, 9, 14, if I didn't say that. Uh, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. They're not bad things, obviously, to be doing in themselves. But verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat, beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And you see this again, that at this point being illustrated. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus is making this great point here as to who was actually doing things right here. It was a person who recognised that they were a sinner and, and, and they needed needed God. Not the person who was looking down on, on others and, and thinking they were just uh, righteous. Although, of course, we are righteous in God because he's given us the righteousness of God through the cross. But these were people who were self-righteous. It was just about pride. It was just about, about looking good and, you know, hey, I'm so amazing. I'm an amazing Christian. I'm an amazing believer. But, but looking down on others and saying, you know, look at that, look at the life of sin. Look what they've done. I didn't do any of those things. So that, that's an example of pride. It's not having a humble and gentle, gentle heart. So pride is, pride is often self-righteousness. It looks down on others. 
We see this again where, where Jesus uh, deals with this with the teachers of the law um, in Matthew 23. We've got time to look at this in, in, in detail. But Jesus is quite brutal uh, in a verbal sense in the way that Jesus del- deals with the teachers of the law and the Pharisees in Matthew 23. It's all coming out of a place of love, of course. But Jesus is quite, quite brutal in the way he deals with them, calling them hypocrites and, and other things, and just exposing what's going on in their hearts and the reality of what's going in. That is that the, these Pharisees and teachers of the law he was addressing, they were very much tied people up in, tied themselves up in religion and tied others up in religion as well. And, and Jesus, Jesus addresses their hypocrisy and their love of just being seen and having people just kind of, you know, respecting them and respecting them in the street corners and, and, and saying how great they are. And verse 11, this is Matthew 23, verse 11. He says, the greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves be exalted. So you've seen this over and over and over again, that Jesus making this very, very clear scripture, making it clear that, that the, the key to kind of being lifted up in God you want to be you know successful as a christian the key to it is to have humility those who those who exalt themselves god god will humble because god's not going to god's not going to accept any pride going on but those who humble themselves and understand everything they have because of god where we're sinners saved by grace of course we know our sinful nature has been absolutely dealt with but we're sinners that have been saved by grace is our merited favor you know, the old has gone and the new has come it's all about jesus and what he won for us on the cross amen so you get this statement over and over again, those who exalt themselves be humble, those who humble themselves be exalted. So pride absolutely matters. And, and God wants to deal with pride, and this is this is the whole aspect of him growing, that the, the aspect of the fruit of, of gentleness in our lives is the very opposite of pride, gentleness or meekness or, or humility, of growing that in our lives is by, by dealing with pride, you know, by suppressing pride, dealing with pride, getting rid of pride, and, and growing the gentleness of God and his character. And his nature, which is the very opposite of pride. I just want to read read a, a, a quote. Times times going very quick. It's eight twenty seven already. So times going very quick. I just want to read this this quote. This is something that somebody else wrote. It says this: There is a reason. I'll hold this up so you can all see. There is a reason that God hates pride, and Proverbs six verse sixteen to seventeen um, makes that clear. That God hates pride. As C.S. the great writer C.S. Lewis once wrote. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other sin. It is a complete anti-God state of mind. That's in C.S. Lewis's uh, classic classic Christian book, some of you may know, called Mere uh, Christianity, written back in the, the 60s, but an absolute um, classic. Pride leads to every other vice, every other sin. It is a complete anti-God state of mind. Uh, this continues the quote this, this person made. A proud man will reject God's will every time it conflicts with their own desire. A proud man or woman cannot love others more than themselves. In fact, they will only love someone else if it feeds their own ego or ambition. Truly, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Thus, the first step to being a person over God's, after God's own heart is to deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. That's in Matthew 16, verse 24. Wow, that's challenging, right? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. I said about the same we have as a society, pride comes before a fall. Those, those exact words aren't in scripture. There's a word.